Well, let's get Errol back again and talk some quirky news. G'day, Errol, and have you got a story for us? Well, David, Google's driverless cars are coming, and the internet behemoth is busy planning new and wacky ways to make them as safe as possible, especially for when they hit something like, well, you. Their newest plan is to turn their cars into rolling flypaper traps, so that when they inevitably hit a pedestrian, the hapless victim will get stuck to the bonnet rather than bouncing back off and hitting something even harder, like the road, which is usually what happens. And while this sounds like something Wiley Coyote would come up with to catch the roadrunner, they've actually got a patent and everything. <laughs> Wiley Coyote, that's exactly right. There is an issue that if you get hit by something and you career off or you're thrown off in another direction, you might be thrown into the path of another car, or you may be thrown under the car that's hit you or dragged along the side. So there is a serious issue. And in fact, some cars, if you have a big prang, they will automatically put the brakes on so that the car doesn't roll off for the same problem, that it might roll off into something more dangerous. Or over somebody. Well, that's true too. And all the modern cars, of course, have to meet design standards so that they don't have sharp edges on the front of the car. So they don't less likely to, you know, yes. break limbs and things like that. That's always the problem with a bull bar. Mm, yes. If you kick the legs out from a pedestrian, which is bad, but they'll flop onto the bonnet and they're making bonnets pop up so that they're more bouncy and they even got airbags up around the join, well, near the join between the windscreen and the body of the car so that a pedestrian's head may be protected a little. So they're all thinking in that direction undoubtedly that's very very important and this might be the case there is a suggestion of course though if you're stuck on the bonnet and two cars are locked together i'm not sure that you want to be held in that particular position but overall it's probably a reasonable issue to try and address errol do you think that google really is going to do it or is just trying to be seen to push the envelope as far as possible for autonomous technology? I think it's a bit of both. Uh, I think there's a lot of fear about autonomous cars that they'll just, you know, run rampant and there'll be Terminator-type, take-over-the-world-type things happening with their cars. They're trying to do everything they can to at least give the impression that their cars are as, as safe as humanly possible. And, of course, they're, they've had to come up with some special paint so they've got this sort of special not sticky tool. Something actually hits it paint, probably from Acme Corporation. Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep, road runner. The point is, of course, that dirt won't stick to it in normal operations, but when something thumps on it, it breaks the seal and the glue then can come out and work. Of course, the irony of, of all this is that the pedestrian who probably gets hit by one of their cars, probably walked in front of the Google car while distracted by their Google-powered Android smartphone. <laughs> but, you see, the problem is that even, as I've said before, if autonomous cars reduce accidents, they claim, by 80 or 90%, even if it's 50%, if they cause one extra one, then all hell will pay. There'll be calls for them to be banned and all that stuff. Mm. Google, obviously, they really don't want to let go of their customers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what would be more embarrassing, driving a Google car or being stuck to it, those little bubble cars. <laughs> They're not very pretty, are they? 
<laughs> that improves before they release them into the real world. <laughs> if we have fly paper on the front, what's next? A fly zapper? Although, Errol, there will be the environmental one. That'll be a Venus flytrap. <laughs> Genetically engineered to be big enough to hold a pedestrian. <laughs> yes. Hopefully it won't get crushed in the jaws. Yes. It should be said that Google apparently is quoted as saying, prospective product announcements should not necessarily be inferred from our patents, which basically says there's no guarantee it's going to be made. Yes. Maybe they, they're just patenting it so that nobody else can patent it. <laughs> I think they're pretty safe. <laughs> Now, Errol, here is a story. A popular Welsh entertainer has recorded her latest song. She was entirely in an electric car or electric cars, and she did it to highlight their quiet, relaxing ride. Cherry Matthews and a band recorded the bossa nova-inspired tune Float On Down to Monte Carlo. I would have thought they should have done it in a boat, given the name of the song, but it's a joint venture deal with the British government who are desperately trying to make sure that they lead the world in autonomous vehicles so as to get all the spin-off of jobs and activity in creating these new devices. Electric vehicles, at least, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, electric vehicles, yeah. So, the musicians are inside a BMW, a Kia Soul, a Mitsubishi Outlander Fev, and a Nissan ENV200 Combi, which I don't think we get here to capture the sessions. Now, it had she was sitting in the back with a guitar and another guy was sitting there with a trumpet, I believe. Yes, yeah. They, they, they've recorded the whole thing inside the car, but it feels like a, a little bit of a gimmick to me. And, 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 of course, she can cheat with modern electronics, electronic processing of noise reduction and things. Anyway, it's a good sort of bit of fun. The, the, the video, the music video that goes along with it shows them in the cars, you know, recording the, the track, so... It's all just sort of a, a big ad for the uh, electric car industry in, in the UK. It does bring a new meaning to electronic music. <laughs> the uh, thing there is that I think people will do anything not to have a drummer. <laughs> Mate, we'd love to have you in the band, but you just won't fit in the car. <laughs> One of them was a, a combi, so yeah, there were some big enough cars there for the, the drummer and his gear, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it can't be the Jaguar we had last week. No, you, no matter how loud your, your music was, you wouldn't hear it over the exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether you could add to your musical track noises from inside the car, the air conditioning, the fan at various speeds, opening and shutting the glove box, yeah. or the navigation voiceover turn right as you played in the road test this week. When I first read the headline of this story, I, I, that's what I thought they meant, that they'd actually recorded the sound that the car makes, you know, the, all the whining of the electric motor and all the beeps and noises from the control systems. No, they're actually recorded music. But uh, m maybe this is a, a, a way for to make electric cars safer, is that you'll know that they're coming, not from the engine <laughs> noise, but from the bad music playing out of them. Well, would you make doof, doof, doof noises? <laughs> That sort of music. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if if people start fitting speakers, sound external sound systems to to their electric cars, and so to customise the, the noise they make. I can see that coming easily. I won't mention any names, but if you had the young boys in there, you'd probably get the sound of one of them farting. <laughs> 
speaking of fart jokes, David, I've got another story. And this one is about dung beetles, of all things. Um, and this is a, another one of these nature-inspiring science in, in strange ways. Boffins at Lund, Uni Lund University in Sweden have found that the beetles navigate by climbing on top of their little ball of, well, you know, and taking a mental snapshot of the sky. They then roll around to a new spot and do it all over again until they get to wherever you take your ball of dung. The researchers think this is a new or at least additional way that cars could navigate. It seems to me much like ships used to do back in the day before GPS and all that. Yes, it could be, couldn't it? Using animal instincts to make navigation systems. So what you'd carry around is a, a thing full of carrier pigeons. <laughs> And they could tell you how to get home. <laughs> you, get, you get out your sextant. <laughs> well, they coo. You know, two coos means turn right. <laughs> One means turn left. A constant uh, cooing means go back, you've gone the wrong way. The new sort of uh, driverless cars will have cameras all over them anyway. So they just need a camera pointing straight up and it can figure out from the stars where it is and where it's going. Oh, okay, if you put the beetle in there, the dung beetle. Well, you, could, you could do that too, I guess. But the trouble, if you had a dung beetle inside one of the new Rolls Royces, which has a star pattern on the roof, accentuated by electric lights, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like a uh, planetarium and, and it sort of shows you the stars. The only trouble is you'd always end up going in the same direction. Yes, yes. You don't want your, your, your dung beetle getting lost. A hive of bees. Of course, bees send out the older people to find a location and they come back and I believe it's how much they dance. Yes. And the direction they dance in, which indicates A, the direction and B, how enthusiastic they are about the particular location they found. It's amazing how, how nature navigates. And I always think that there should be something like this in cars because they tend to rely a bit too much on GPS, which only works up to a point, especially in, uh, in cities and things. Well, you know why GPS may fail? Because there's so much space junk around. There was a story of that the other day, that there's so much space junk that you only need a, something the size of a fingernail to hit a satellite... And it can take it out of operation. Mm, something, yes. something a bit bigger, and it can destroy it completely. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the end of the end of the world is coming, David, and that's when your GPS stops working. Bring on the dung beetles. That's what I said. What happens if it's a cloudy day? I was wondering that, but I, I assume they just sort of leave their dung where it is. It may surprise people to know that the, the reason they they roll their dung around so that it won't get stolen. Why would rounded dung be less stealable than flat? Uh, well, I don't know. Why, why would you steal dung at all? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Well, <laughs> they burn it to keep warm, don't they? Oh, some people do, I guess. It's a very interesting animal, the, the dung beetle. And, and, and some, something there for the automotive industry, believe it or not. Now, Errol, we're in the Share Society. We had a story on Overdrive which talked about some Ford research which showed that people were much more prepared to share their car than they were to share their home or to share their dog. But so sharing the car is quite a thing. We've, and we've seen the shared society in terms of car sharing. We've seen it even in terms of boot space in cars. If you're driving up the coast, you can put out the message that I've got a spare boot if someone wants something 
transported up the coast. You can hire that. Buses are hiring out crossing Europe with some of the space underneath it. You can even have shared bicycles. But uh, now they have uh, the idea of possibly sharing, or at least being able to, it's like a -a rent-a-car system, I suppose, exotic classics. You can imagine yourself behind a 1956 Chevrolet or some such great vehicle. Now, Errol, would you be tempted to get the car of your youth to take out and drive around? Perhaps, but... They're going to have to put some work into their site because there's not a lot of cars on it. (laughs) (laughs) There might be, you know, hundreds of thousands of um, Airbnb is what they're sort of, you know, claiming this is based on, of houses and things for rent. But there's only um, a few dozen cars on this site, uh, which is US-based. There's a few sort of classics on there. You can... um, it's a 1982 Ferrari 308 GT SI. Yes, that was... Uh, 450 bucks a day, American. A Honda Accrua NSX, what we call a, a Honda. They call it an Accrua, which is like their Lexus version in America. $500 a day. NSX is a lovely car, 1996 model. I, I fanged one up uh, the coast one time. Black one, took them up to a television program. It was lovely. It looks like a Ferrari. Beautiful stuff. Ford Mustang GT convertible. Oh, a snippet, 225 American dollars a day. Now, Errol, I just wonder whether this gives you the chance to relive your youth, to get a car that was around just when you were going through puberty, which I think is a time when we get locked into a car that we particularly love or, or particularly loathe because you don't want to <laughs> don't want to be reminded um <laughs> it's all relative david <laughs> well depend depending on your age there's um cars from the you know 60s 70s and 80s and, and and the occasional modern ones there's a delorean if you if you prefer mm. that sort of reminds me of my youth and you know, my favourite films and things. The only trouble is you'd have to have a tow car to follow you around because it would <laughs> inevitably break down. Yes. <laughs> the only trouble is if you, you know, you're an old codger and you rent a combi camper van, old bull guy or something, it reminds me of that great cartoon. I think it was in the New Yorker. It had a big sign saying Woodstock Reunion and a whole pile of bald guys in tuxedos and women dressed in long dresses and pearls <laughs> turning up to try and relive your past. Yeah, it's like an old guy wearing stubbies. It's just not going to work. Well, there's the flip side of this story, which is that all these people with these classic cars can actually get some money for them. They've set up this complicated sort of vetting system so that uh, and, and insurance and things so that in the unlikely event your car is your precious car is written off you'll at least get the what it was worth i think there are some people that sort of have these you know spend all this effort on the car and then it just kind of sits there so they'd be happy to to rent it out and 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 get a bit of cash and and like you said some of these people are asking 500 us a day which is a fair bit of cash oh yeah a, a lot of money renters must submit a photo of themselves a photo of their driver's license and additional information. photo of yourselves. Do you think I'd get in, Errol? Perhaps not. (laughs) That's why we're on radio, David. (laughs) Well, the other thing, I've said this in the past, that there could be a museum, and now this could be a way to do it. You could rent the car to go and try and have sex in it with your wife to relive your youth. And and you find you're not as flexible as you used to be. (laughs) 
Yeah. They've made these cars smaller. <laughs> well, if it was an old Mini, you'd want to get a new Mini, which, of course, is much bigger. Anything's possible, David. These uh, sharing sites open up all sorts of possibilities. Errol, great to talk to you. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. No worries, David. It's Errol Smith, and we were talking some quirky news, some unusual stories to do with motoring and transport.